Breathe Again radio show podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Cleveland. Today's show is Loving a Broken Woman. My guest is Calvin Harris. Listen as he shares his journey of self-love, patience, and healing, which he applied to his marriage. All right, Calvin, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you for having me. Oh, you're more than welcome. Listen, so, you know, I had your wife on the show a few weeks ago, and mm-hmm. I tell you, she she was very transparent, and she shared um, her story of how she started over after divorce. And when I interviewed her, I said, you know what? I need to interview the man that stepped in and loved her back to life. <laughs> so here we are. So Calvin, why don't you tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Well, I believe in the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and I believe in that more than anything else. That is first and foremost. I'm a recovering drug addict, recovering uh, suicide victim, if you would call it that. I came from nothing, and God brought me the whole way to the top. Amen. 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 You say that with such, um, such humbleness because of your journey and because of where, you know, you came from and to see where God has brought you, you are just, you're very thankful. I could tell that. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. I'm I'm very thankful of that. Very thankful of that. Amen. Amen. This grace and his mercy is, is, is wonderful. I'm telling you, honey, we can have church right up in here and then we can stop the show. (laughs) We can stop the show because I know if it had not been for God on my side, I would not be here recording this show with you today. So I understand Mm -hmm. what you're talking about. Definitely understand it. So when you met Lisa, Lisa was broken and she was coming out of a um, very volatile marriage and she was hurt and you met her and she had to do some work on herself. And so Mm -hmm. I really want to come from the perspective of how you loved a broken woman. And um, may I ask where you were married before, have you been divorced? Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. And how long were you married? We were married for nine years. Okay. And so from that marriage, uh, you, you did the work on yourself. So you were in a good place when you met Lisa. Is that correct? Yes. 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 Okay. I, I was in a, if, if I had been in, in God's hands, the way I was, the way I am now in my first marriage, I would still be married. Mm, mm. 
Yeah, okay. So you can't come on my show and just be dropping stuff and then we don't go back and unpack it. <laughs> so what does so Calvin, what does that mean? If you were closer to God, you would still be married, basically. Well, I have to start and explain a little bit about my story. And okay. my story starts with the fact that uh, I was born in 1958. I was born to a lady who didn't want kids and she wanted to get rid of us. So this is this is the backwoods of the South Carolina. Um, make a long story short, I had a sister, a twin, but she was in such a hurry to get rid of me. She gave me to a woman by the name of Gertrude Kears. And then she took off. And then she found out that she had another one inside of her. By the time mm. she got back, sister died. So oh uh, Gertrude Kears was an older lady. She was already in her 60s. And so, you know, she raised me up, but she raised me up by herself, you see. And we kind of moved all over the country, up and down north, the, the, from north to the south, to north to the south. And we did this. It was very unstable environment, but she did the best she could with what she had. There was a woman that only graduated from third grade. That's as far in school as she ever went. She was born in 1897. So mm -hmm. she had an older mentality of thinking. Mm -hmm. So, you know, but see what Satan had hit from me all that time was from my day of birth, God had me. Amen. Amen. So I grew up with resentments, resentments mm -hmm. of a family that abandoned me, resentments of a life I never had. I seen everybody else around me. Resentments so bad till I didn't, I still have to push myself to watch a family show, you know, mm. and all them in there. Because that's just something I just, just, oh, you know, yeah. no, yeah, that's hard. That's, yeah, hard. that's hard. But see, I was also kept alone and to myself. A lot. So I have another demon in me that likes to be alone. Hmm. That doesn't like other. I can enjoy myself by myself just as much as most people do in the crowd. Well, I can too, but I don't think it's a demon. I just love my company. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's for me. It was a thing of of not liking people. Mm, okay. Okay. I get and that. I only, get that. Only tolerate them for a certain amount of time. Okay. Okay. So you carried a lot of that resentment over into your marriage. Am right. I hearing that? Yes. Yes. Okay. I carried it over into my, into my, my first marriage and I began to abuse drugs to a point where I was homeless on the street. I mean, I can't say nothing bad about my first wife. She did what she did and she hung on for a long time, mm. a long time, you know, cause it was past and we, we got married and got divorced, but we were still together at a point until we got, I think it was 93. I'm not sure we got a divorce, but we didn't separate to 2000. Mm, okay. Okay. So, she, so you, in, she did her part. She did as much as any person would, ex you could expect of someone to do. And yet I continued on the same path because by her, trying to stick by me enabled me yeah yeah you understand so Absolutely. you know and and by that enablement also I never saw any blessings mm. I just saw the curses of life past life that kept coming up mm -hmm. and it was haunting me and me being a person that pretty much stays to themselves I did have friends then 
you know, as a teenager coming on up. I did have friends, but I had a lot of time in my life that I was alone. Yeah. You know, and I separated my own self from people. Yeah. Childhood trauma is traumatic. It's traumatic. Yeah. And we carry that over into our adulthood and carry it over into marriages and we carry mm -hmm. it into relationships. And we don't right. even know what it is, but we know right. that there's something wrong. Um, what was your turning point, Calvin? What was the turning point after the marriage that you realized, I got to get me together? I, well, the turning point was that at well, it actually happened in Strasburg, um, Pennsylvania, which is in the Poconos. And uh, I was up there planning my own death. My God, Calvin. I had everything planned to the mm. T. I knew how I was going to do it. I'd already attempted it. My Lord. But the things just wouldn't go right. And I got so angry. I sat outside of a hospital, the, the Strasburg Hospital, in my car. And I was just going to do it there. And everything I would try would fail. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And, and so now I'm looking for a knife. Now I can't find my knife. Oh, my knife is in the trunk of my car. Mm. How about the, when I go to open the, the, the trunk of the car, the daggone key breaks in it. My God. My God. Couldn't even get to it. Couldn't even get to it. Couldn't get to it. So I got back in the car, very angry, very depressed. And I just started really yelling at God, if there's a God, if there's, I'm saying all this different stuff. My God. And at that point, when I'm saying, I don't know if you're even there or not, if there is a God or anything, the car pulls up beside me, little girl gets out and knocks on the window and says, God loves you. Wow. From that point on, from that point on, I, I kid you not, miracle after miracle after miracle. I get out the car. I sat in this car for three days without getting out, eating or doing anything. My Lord. Mm. I get out that car. The only black man in Strasburg who worked at the hospital walks straight over to me and says, there's something wrong with you. You need to come with me. And he locked me in a room in, in the hospital. Mm, mm, mm. He sent me to a place, he found some place that would take me because they seen the cuts on my arms. They seen all what I was doing. They also seen, found them pills that I'd swallow a whole bottle of that didn't do anything. I mean, they, they, they seen all this. And so they decided to send me to uh, a mental institution, uh, which is out in State College. Mm. I go out in State College, stay three weeks there. And <clears throat> I meet someone in there that See, I throughout my life, I've been in and out of church. So mm -hmm. I pretty much know back then what you call the God thing, but I didn't receive any of it. Mm -hmm. How about there was a person, a, a person in there that needed ministering to him was asking me, of all people, asking me. And so while I'm sitting there explaining who Jesus Christ is, it's like an out-of-body experience. Not only am I explaining it to them, I'm also explaining it to me. Wow, 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 wow. So you did the work. You had to do the work before you met Lisa. And that yeah. was your backstory. Um, and so once you met that was, Lisa. That was me in the beginning of the work. Oh, the work wow. Didn't start, the work didn't start till I got into the Salvation Army program. 
Mm, okay. When, when so it turned there, to... Yeah, when I got in there, they connected me to a church. Mm-hmm. And only this church could have done what they did. And wow. I love people. Pleasant Valley Assembly of God. I love them people to death. Mm. I mean, I, you know, they 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 did the work. That was where the actual work, because what I found out that I had to do is first I had to love myself. That's right. You know, and then I had to forgive myself. Mm-hmm. Then I had to love the God of Almighty that carried me through all this. Then I had to recognize that he carried me through all this. And right. once I got all that mercy and grace, then I began to do the put the bricks in place to where I belong, how I belong, what is my purpose? Because I never felt I ever had a purpose. Now all of a sudden I have a purpose. Mm-hmm. You see, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and it was this, it was this building, it was just building up. And throughout all that, showing the mercy and grace of how God was working in my life, worked in my life in the past, you see. Mm-hmm. And and that is that was those were my suitcases of, of tools that I carried with me. That's right. So once I learned what discernment really was, because a lot of people really get discernment a little mixed up. Discernment is the wisdom of God. You know, right. there is wisdom and there is discernment. Mm-hmm. Discernment is the wisdom of God doing the will of God in the way that God is pleased with it. Yeah. So one decision is made because we all run into these gray areas, you know, and we know right from wrong. It's like when you go in a store and take something without paying anything, that's not a gray area. You knew. But in life, we have all these gray areas and these gray areas is where we need the discernment to go through them. And it was in that discernment that I met Lisa. Mm, okay. So fast forward to that period. Okay. So you meet you meet Lisa. She's broken. How do you do you love a broken woman? How do you minister to her? What was that like? What was the process? Ministering to Lisa was the same what I've always learned that Christ always used examples. So I have to use the example of what, what, what God did to me in order for me to do it to Lisa. So he had some, because see, I was, in them 12 years, me and God went through something. <laughs> you know what I mean? It wasn't, it wasn't just like I just laid back and said, oh, okay, I'm a Christian now, so all's well. No, it didn't go like that. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So by ministering to Lisa was mainly what, I simply did to her what God did to me. Okay. You see, because of what all my studies and all the different, because you have to, you have to get yourself together before you can get anybody else together. You will never get anybody together if you're not together yourself. That's right. That's right. You know, you know, so you what was that like? What was that like though? Talk to me about the process of you and Lisa and you ministering to Lisa. What was that like to- and what are steps? Okay, and the, the first step is discernment about it. So I asked God about it first. Mm, okay. I'd already determined, because our, our meeting story is crazy, I'd already determined that this was God. Mm-hmm. Because I always wanted another wife, and so by wanting another wife, I knew what kind of woman I wanted. And I wanted 
a Christian-based woman, not just a Christian. I wanted a practicing Christian woman like myself. There is a difference. Yeah. Yeah, there is a difference. <laughs> people yeah. go to church and, and, and there's people that's in the church. That's see? right. That's right. <laughs> and, so and then once, there's people that the church is in them. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so once I saw that church in her, that's when I realized. But then I seen that brokenness as well. Mm -hmm. So dealing with that was through the discernment of what God gave me. Mm -hmm. And so it took, it takes patience. It takes kindness. It takes listening, you see. Yeah. And through listening, I'm answering with scripture. Now, I'm not sitting there saying John chapter one to her, all this here. I'm taking the scripture and putting it into plain words and letting her breathe through it, let, letting her, giving her the chance to express herself how she really feels. And when she feels, because you know, when you're angry, you you feel like killing somebody, you know what I mean? <laughs> and so now you have to ask the person, but but is but is that right? Yeah, yeah. What is the what is the results of that? What what's going to happen after that happens? You see what I'm saying? You know, and so you have to get into it with them, but you got to be 100 percent focused with them you can't it can't be you're talking to them and you're looking off here and you say well is that right you know you think you should do that no you have to be in there with them because if i can feel what she felt i felt what she felt in the past and by feeling what she felt and understanding where it's coming from i'm able to help her heal i'm able to say okay sweetheart just come here tell me what's wrong tell me how you're feeling Aww. Tell me what you want to do about it. Mm -hmm. Now, there's where the discernment has to come in because now, you know, because what you really want to do about it, you know, especially when you're talking about someone else. That's and right. Angry at them is the wrong thing. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? So now what is the godly thing to do about it? Now, the number one thing that, that I find out that you do not say to people is, Although us Christians try to say that is forgive them. No, you can't say forgive them. I can't tell her to forgive mm. somebody else. She has to get that in her heart. If that's not coming out of her heart, she's not forgiving. Anybody can say, okay, they're forgiven. You yeah. see what I'm saying? So, so I have to draw that out of her. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And using some of my situations, and I was putting using my life as an example for her so that she understood. And then that made her express more in her life. Yeah. Because a lot of times we just need somebody we can trust to express to. Talk, stay right there. Stay right there. Because I think that is so important. It's a valid point that you just made because sometimes we just need somebody that will listen, that we mm -hmm. can trust. And when mm -hmm. we're going through so many people want to talk, but we just need mm -hmm. that other individual to listen. So were there days where you wanted to just give your opinions on what she should do? Or did you ever say, just get over it? No, no. Mm -hmm. I knew better than to say anything like that. Because the thing about it was, Nicole, the, the one thing about the whole thing was while I'm in this, mm -hmm. 
before Lisa, right before Lisa, I'm wrapped in God. Yeah, I'm wrapped yeah. in. That's important. So, so, so his, so the discernment for me to even meet. Okay, I'm gonna go out the story for a second. For a second, I'm a floor cleaner. I was mm-hmm. cleaning floors, mm-hmm. and I was cleaning floors for the corporation that she works for. Mm-hmm. And I was doing this in Pittsburgh. The discernment when this area opened up down here, Richmond, Virginia Beach, the discernment pushed me here. Mm. I didn't want to leave my church. But the discernment of God pushed me here. And when I got here, now I'm really lonely. And so one day down at, um, oh, oh boy, I can't think of the name of the mall right now. but in It was Lynn Haven. Lynn Haven? Lynn Haven. Yeah. She's mm-hmm. working in Lynn Haven, but I didn't know this. Uh-huh. She's working in Lynn Haven, and I'm pulling all my buckets and stuff in, and I'm going over to, I'm going over to clean another store. And I just looked up and seen this pretty girl in the window. Mm-hmm. you know doing here and i was like lord why couldn't i have a woman like that now see i didn't oh. know that was actually lisa until like eight months later wow wow you see but see when, when i'm dealing with lisa i'm dealing with her when i then when i was dealing with lisa what i was dealing with was the discernment that god was giving me he was ministering to me to minister to her continuously and yeah. so saying the wrong thing my opinion does not matter it's her feelings that matter. That's right. That's right. You know, and so yeah. it, I have to give her a chance to express those feelings as often as she likes. Yeah. You know, and, and one of the things that annoys most people is when they talk about their ex and they talk about their ex all the time. God says, allow it, let her. Mm, yeah. But she needed to get that off. And she needed to get that out. And she yeah. needed to talk. So I needed to listen. And hear what she's saying, not just sitting there while she's talking, looking away. It's a thing where, where, where I had to be there because a lot of times when I first started with her, I would be really, really close and listening and looking her in her eye, mm-hmm. you know, and listening to what she's saying and repeating back so that she knows that I'm listening to what she's saying. Wow. She's wow. Saying, so mm-hmm. talk to me a little bit um, about how patient you were and how nice you were and it was very different so she had a a a hard time receiving that because a lot of times when something is foreign to us Mm -hmm. and we've never been treated that way we don't know how to receive it so talk Mm -hmm. to me a little bit about that and how you dealt with that because you were coming from a genuine place but from a woman that's never had that you don't know how to receive that no 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 I received it just like I didn't know how to receive the love, I was getting in out to them. You see, these people were, were genuine, generally loving, kind people. Mm-hmm. I didn't know how to receive that. So I knew mm-hmm. where Lisa was coming from when she didn't know how to receive. So how did you deal with that? Patience. Okay. Patience. Never stopped. Never broke away from it at any point. Always kept a loving, peaceful environment around her at all times. So when she would come from work and and had to just let it out, it was a peaceful environment. Although she's standing there, you know, but listen, keep a calm voice. I always kept a calm voice with her, listen to her, you know, and that's what I had to give out love 
in a way that's not what we really want to say is, well, that ain't love. That ain't that ain't what you do. Well, you know, but it was something foreign to her, but she recognized it sooner or later that she began to receive it. But then she'll receive a little bit would push the rest back. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? And, and 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 anything that we're dealing with, when it's a foreign situation, we tend not to want to be there, tend not to want to trust. Because see, trust is a gift that you give somebody. And if they give it back, why are you giving it back to them? Yeah. You yeah. see, and so what I did was I gave her my trust and as she gave me her trust, I kept it. I I kept it tender. So I held it. I was mm. mindful of it. That's good. You were protective of her. Yeah, you I were was protective. protective of her yeah, of her mm-hmm. heart as well. You know, Calvin. Yeah. A lot of times when men go through that with a woman, some of them run. It's too much for them to handle. They are not the fixer, and so they run. What made you sit down and stay? Because God told me this was my wife. All right, that's good. That's if enough said. <laughs> and if I and, and to plant this seed and to make it grow, mm-hmm. you know, it takes a little work. You know, you got to get the weeds out. You know, you got to keep the fertilizer going on. That's good. You, know, you got to make sure it gets enough sun and this uh-huh. flower will bloom. But if you don't do no work, you ain't going to get nothing. You ain't going to get nothing. You ain't going to get nothing. So look, um, Calvin, Breathe Again is a moment of hope, inspiration, faith, and solutions. We share what we've gone through, but we also want to give advice. We want to let people know that they too will make it. So how would you minister to a, a young man that's listening right now, maybe a spouse or a wife that's listening and is giving, um, giving the podcast to her husband because you want to give them advice? How would you minister to them if they're really dealing with this right now and they don't know which way to go and they're about to run? So how would you minister to that young man? If you don't know, James chapter one, Verse five, if you don't know, ask, ask God. One thing you have to get straight is first you have to do in any situation, stop looking at what they did. Look at what you did, but I'm innocent. I didn't do nothing wrong. You did something wrong. You know what you did wrong? You allowed them to do what they did wrong. A stranger walks up onto you the street and acts crazy, you get away from them. But yet to somebody that you are calling spouse or something acts crazy, you stay with them. So here's what you have to do. You have to ground yourself, first love yourself, respect yourself. Everybody makes bad decisions. You need wisdom, James 1 verse Five. That's all you got to look at right there. Ask God. That's all that verse is saying. Ask God for the wisdom and understanding. That's all you have to do. There's a lot of different people that can tell you a lot of different things, but there's only one God that can tell you the one thing you need to know. I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, that is our time, Calvin. That is our time. 
Um, thank you so much for um, joining us on today. I know it will bless the audience, bless the listeners, because there's so many women that are out here and they're struggling and their spouse is struggling or, or, or their significant other is struggling because the woman is broken and they need that person to help them, to assist them and to cover them and to protect them and not run from them. So thank you so much for, for sharing your story and God bless you. God bless you. After the pain, after the rain, after the shame, you will live again, you will dream again, you will breathe again, you will live again, dream again.